Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sound. I'll sound. Speed. All right, guys. All right, one take. All right, mark it. All right, action. You like film? That's what they all say. Great movies. It's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies. Big, big movies. Big movies. It's floating pictures. It's so great. Movies. So join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Hey, Juliet. Yes, Maxwell. About that little wager of yours. Yeah? Count me in. What are the terms? If I win, that hot little car of yours... Mine. And if I win? I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married. You can put it anywhere. How's it going, everyone? That was a scene from Cruel Intentions. <laughs> that no one ever wanted. <laughs> um, I'm Max. I'm Juliet. It's the 20th anniversary, um, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, that movie came out 20 years ago. I just aged myself. Um... Yeah, because I think I was supposed to be technically Sebastian's age when this movie came out. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, he was a little bit older than me. My age, essentially. Yeah, but essentially was... our age around yeah. this time. So, Cruel Intentions, of course, is um, a hit. Uh, what would you classify this as? Like teen um, drama? Yeah, it's a, it was um, a teen drama during a time when like it was all about teen pop, colorful movies but this was like sexually charged teen drama yeah like from 99 Mm -hmm. uh directed by roger cumble and uh this is kind of a adaptation of the 1988 drama dangerous uh liaisons it was originally a book though yeah that's true actually it was originally a book and then they adapted that into a film so this is kind of the movie's kind of uh loosely adapted off the book yeah i think they said something like suggested by so suggested by it. Is that a fancy way of just saying we kind of stole the idea and made <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's it's the fancy way of saying like, you know, we took those characters and their plot, but like totally different. Like it just sounds like it. Is that the legal version to say that? <laughs> Should they have like Academy Award for best suggested screenplay? Ooh, I like that. Cruel Intentions uh, stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Felipe, mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. Selma Blair. Like peak career for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, was that peak career for Sarah Michelle Gellar? This I movie? mean, Buffy was hers, but this was during Buffy. So this she's at, the, Buffy. She's at the, the height of her career. Ryan Felipe, I think he was at the height of his career. Reese Witherspoon had been around for a while, and then she continues to be around today. But this was like, this was peak time for Sarah Michelle Gellar and for Ryan Felipe. Was for this sure. uh, Selma Blair's peak as well, sort of, um, kind of? At the beginning of the peak, sort of? I'd say so. She kind of... She's in a bunch of movies still. She she yeah she's done bit parts for for a while. She's always like the friend. She's had a couple lead roles. Um, she actually uh, she and Reese Witherspoon ended up doing Legally Blonde not long after Cruel Intentions. Yeah, and also has Joshua Jackson, yes. which was like at Dawson his peak. Time. I mean this Dawson, Dawson Time, time. Um, Mighty Ducks, of course, as well as where he got his <laughs> that's, start. That's what I consider. There's also uh, Sean Patrick Thomas. Um, mm, yeah. He plays Ronald in the movie. Mm-hmm. He was in Save the Last Dance. And I'm trying to think yep. some other stuff, but he was kind of a at this time, kind of getting casted in a lot of stuff. Then yeah. I, I think he's kind of faded off. Yeah, I don't really recognize that name anymore, but mm-hmm. you recognize that face. Yes. As we mentioned, this movie came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out around March. And March fifth. March fifth. Wow. Why do you know March fifth? Because 
we're premiering this the week that 20 oh so we're doing it yeah that's true okay so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, you knew exactly when it came out. Oh, that's right. That's why this that's, we're that's playing why this. We're, well, that's why we're doing this. I didn't know we were doing it to the day. I just thought we were just like focusing on March. But good to know. Yeah, yeah. March 5th, exactly. And we're going to air this exactly the time when it hit theaters. Yes, the moment. Do you no, think people went not. to like Thursday screenings, like the midnight screenings to see this? I think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Roger Cumble was the director of this. This is kind of his big break. Mm-hmm. This is like not as directorial debut but a kind of major uh directorial debut is is this his most famous uh yeah i'd say this is his most famous uh he followed up cruel intentions in 2000 with uh cruel intentions 2 wow which is uh kind of much the same it like it's kind of a prequel (laughs) yeah to this movie with different actors uh amy adams is in it which is shocking if you go back and watch that trailer She's had some interesting things in her career. Yeah, Amy Adams obviously uh, she has Catherine. She's a billion Oscars at yeah. this point. None. She's none. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and then 2002, he did a movie with Selma Blair and uh, Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz called The Sweetest Thing. Mm-hmm. And then in 2005, he did a movie that I know you are obsessed with called uh, Just Friends. I love with, that movie <laughs> uh, with Amy Smart and uh, Deadpool. Yes, so. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he plays fat Deadpool, and then he turns into skinny he Deadpool. Skinny Deadpool. <laughs> uh, then after 05, he kind of just faded off, did, did a lot of TV shows. Okay. And um, he actually tried uh, to bring this Cruel Intentions to uh, TV. Yeah, But that's NBC right. canceled it, got yeah. canned. They even got Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar, and it's basically supposed to be years later. Yeah. So she's reprising her role as Catherine. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And uh, it's uh, all right. It uh, didn't go that well. It got pulled. Yeah. So um, interesting stuff. It came out in March 99. So the 99 was a really awesome year for movies. Kind of that 99, 2000 was kind of the sweet spot. Uh, yeah. A lot of really popular titles came out. Around March, though, had some really good company. So it was a pretty good month yeah, in March I, 1999. I actually think that I told my parents I was going to see 10 Things I Hate About You. But I really want to see this movie. I bet your parents says you left the door like, wait, she's <laughs> wait already seen ten things I hate about you. <laughs> well, yes, uh, that movie also came out in March, so mm-hmm. that's correct. Ten things I hate about you. Uh, the Matrix also came out March nineteen ninety nine. The Rage Carrie two came out. Oh, uh, we also had Ed TV, oh. which I would actually like to do sometime because uh, I think that movie doesn't get enough attention. That was pretty well, good because it came out the same time as Truman Show. So well, it did not in March. Mm. So. Take that. <laughs> um, Arlington Road as well. And mm. uh, the best rom-com ever, Forces of Nature, with Sandra Bullock and Ben Affleck came out. Yikes. Overall, though, March 1999, uh, some good companies, some good yeah. uh, memorable films. Yeah. One would argue that these are all pretty memorable movies so and rewatchable year of the 90s, movies. We were going to party like it's 1999 that year, and we yeah, did. definitely. So you saw this in theaters. I did. Um, how many times? Just the one. You just saw the one. Because I had to sneak in. You had to sneak in. Was this movie rated R? Yes, it was rated R. This movie was made for any kind of horny teen. That's true. Honestly. It was a date movie. This was the teen date movie if you wanted to like get an HJ. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was Matrix. Oh. Um, yeah, because we did a, I got a bullet time HJ. Oh. You know, it's a really slow motion. Um, Should we talk cr- about this movie? Cruel Intentions was great for that. Well, you're the one that brought up HJs. Um, Down boy. <laughs> All right, so 
this movie, uh, Cruel Intentions. Um, it's interesting because it's very, uh, I feel, rewatchable. Yeah. I think everyone. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I never saw it in theaters, but I did see it um, probably when it was first available to rent, and yeah. I probably watched it VHS. a few few times. Yeah, VHS days. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff in this movie. I think it's really rewatchable. There's some stuff now that we'll, we'll talk about in the film Focus that we kind of thought, thought was like a little like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, story-wise, doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, it's not a perfect movie, but I think right. it's, uh, it's perfect for what it is. Yes. And I think we both agree that we... Found it enjoyable yes. and rewatchable, and we're about to talk about it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Cruel Intentions yet. Or read Dangerous Liaisons. Or don't even know what we're talking about. Don't even know who Sarah Michelle Geller is. You need to watch it immediately. It will change your life. This is probably not your podcast right now. <laughs> so um, we'll give you a few minutes because we're going to have a lot of spoilers in our film focus in the rest of the show. Yep. Thank you for being with us right now. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's also available uh, on VHS mm-hmm. um, at your Blockbuster. You can probably find the DVD in uh, someone's basement. Yeah, so just find anyone's basement yep. and grab this DVD. Just get into somebody's basement. Just save crawl some, in. Save some money on Amazon Prime. And yeah, just, just you know, rob someone. Rob someone of their DVDs. And uh, get back to us later. Let's do the film focus. Hey, hey, hocus pocus, it's the film focus. All right, so Cruel Intentions. This takes place in New York. Yeah, and this it is, does. Um, <laughs> it's pretty obvious that it takes place in New York. Uh, this is like the summer before. I don't. I don't know if they said it's their senior year. Well, it's like it, it seems to be um, uh, Sebastian Ryan Felipe and Catherine Sarah Michelle Gellar's senior year, and it's going to be Cecile Selma Blair's freshman year. Right. So, but this is like let's say August. It's uh, yeah. the summer's kind of winding down. School's just going to be upon us. Um, they're at a private school. Obviously, they're very rich because everyone's house and layout. We're just we're definitely not uh, focusing on uh, the lower class. We're focusing no. on the one percent in this we are, movie. We are in the um, upper side of Central Park. We're yes. we're Upper East Side, Upper West Side, like the very wealthy. Yeah, Sebastian drives like a nineteen fifty six Jaguar <laughs> car, and, and he handwrites a, a journal. Smokes like black and milds, and handwrites oh, a journal. God. And uh, just uh, they have a big grand piano in there. Uh, they own he like a whole a, building. He has an old desk in his bedroom where he has a box of cigars. Yeah. Overall, this tone of the movie, that the thing that kind of throws you off, but you just got to kind of let it go is just uh, like, what, what is this place? Right. Like, where, where, they, where Catherine and Sebastian live and then also mm-hmm. where like uh, Cecile lives. Yeah. Um, where Annette's staying. Just everything's a little like really grand. Like mm-hmm. These are just like. Just rich billionaires. Yeah, and, it's not, they're uh, not very relatable. this is the story relatable. of the kids that are left alone, yeah. essentially. Because there's no adult supervision throughout this whole movie. Except for movie. Christine Baranski. She's, uh, but she kind of disappears towards <laughs> the end. So really no adult supervision. Even like uh, Joshua Jackson, I thought it was his dorm at first. It turns out he's in a pretty yeah, no. dope spot, too. So I don't know. That's the first thing that kind of uh, grabs your attention. So let's just kind of go through this movie. Mm-hmm. So the opening scene is a therapy session and we are introduced to Sebastian as he's in like kind of like towards the end of his therapy session. Right. Um, he's talking about all his problems mm-hmm. and he's kind of melodramatic about everything. Uh, at one point, just kind of walking around and just talking about how hard his life is yeah. and he's kind of like banging his head on the right glass door and his therapist just seems to think he's all full of shit. Right. 
she offers uh, her book yeah. to him. And he's like, oh, can I have this? She's like, it's autographed. And then you see that she writes like bill for book. <laughs> and I don't know. There's nothing I'm really taking away with through this scene at all besides that i don't know sebastian's just like what is this therapy session in general right i think sebastian just the the takeaway is sebastian doesn't really care for her and she doesn't really care for him so is this mandatory though that that was the confusing thing if i mean i think it goes along with the elitism of everything that we're going through back in the 90s like you were cool and wealthy if you had a therapist yeah i guess i mean but also you should be in therapy. You're in therapy for real. Or is it just like, well, I'm rich, so I guess I have to have a therapist it, I think it's. I think it's I'm rich, so I need a therapist If anything, I think Catherine needs more of a therapist, but we Catherine can get into that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, she seems to not be interested in him. He seems to think this is all a joke. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of was wondering why is this scene even existing? Besides what we get to know is just establish who Sebastian is. We find out that Sebastian is kind of a dick and uses sex to fuck with people and the person that he chose to fuck with was tara reed who plays his therapist's daughter and we know that because there is a framed photo of tara reed on her desk as he's leaving yes and he even says oh what a pretty girl yep and then she calls and she says he put naked pictures of me on the internet and one thing leads to another and his therapist realizes that sebastian well, because the book, uh, he kind of mocked the cover of her book. He but did. But had his, her daughter's Tara Reed. He mocked Reed. the cover of her book. He's told the therapist that she had killer legs, and that's what he told Tara Reed. He's he's a manipulative guy. That's what we've learned from this opening and, scene. And uh, Tara Reed has this cameo yeah. in this movie. Thank and God. She kind of just had cameos for a while, yeah. where it just shows up, and she's just kind of like that I don't think girl. she could handle like scripts back then. <laughs> I don't think so as well. Uh, this is right before American Pie, so maybe it was just... This yeah. is kind of around that time when she was actually getting roles, but... We knew who she was because she was dating Carson Daly. Yeah, Tara Reid's also in like The Big Lebowski for five seconds as yeah. well. So <laughs> what we kind of find out, because Sebastian leaves and then all of a sudden has another girl that he just wants to take out to lunch. And mm-hmm. she's totally into this idea. He's like, yeah. oh, you're really pretty. Let me take you to lunch. She's like, yeah. okay. Although she looks like she's like 40. Yeah. And he's supposed to be 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be in high school. And she just seems like, she, what was she shopping for at the mall at this point? I don't know. That wasn't the mall. He was at his therapist's office. Oh, yeah, that's true. It just felt. <laughs> He's a mall therapist. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. The locations in this are really confusing. It, you know what? Wow. Yeah, I thought it was a mall. Then I realized, no, he's at his therapist's office. So, well, the building was definitely inspired it by some mall-ish. malls I've been to. No, I think the locations were really complicated in this where, like, <laughs> like you know, like you said, Joshua Jackson, I thought he was in his dorm room, too. And then realizing that, oh, no, wait, that's his fancy house. But that house looks like it's in L.A. They're supposed to be in New York. It's very confusing location-wise. Right. Well, maybe that makes sense because he actually had his therapist appointment in a hot topic. That was why. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that. They were actually in a Barnes and Noble corner. That's why she had her book run handy. Uh, let's get into some trivia. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now we we have discovered this about Sebastian that he is uh, a player. He's I a guess a bastard. Uh, he <laughs> he's just a, a rich kid that's you know like lonely and kind of fills the void by just. Uh, having these conquests over women. Yes. Um, he has this reputation that he wants to uphold. Mm-hmm. And we get to discover more of this by meeting Catherine. Catherine. So Sebastian and Catherine, you know, he pulls a, 
his Jaguar up to the front of the building, and guy's like, hey. You can't park here. Can't park here, and he just waves his hand at him, and I'm just like, "Wait, did his car get towed?" Right, but the you're about to but, put put that in a bet. You better make sure that it's. But that's not also towed. his house, so like, yeah, of course he can park there. That's that's where he lives. I think it was a no parking zone, but in that point, it's like Sebastian. Why are you so much of a dick that you're willing to get right. your car towed? Yeah, you're it's like, a nice car. You don't want that towed. No, it's a really nice car. It's a really nice car. You don't just leave that in the front of the building. No. The guy's like, "Hey, you can't park here." Like. Okay, and he, and he like waved him off like a little prick. But I get it. He's a dick. He thinks nobody else matters. Mm-hmm. Now let's meet Catherine. So Catherine is, uh, you can see that she's kind of like got a reputation that she's uh, the Marsha Brady of the East Side. Yeah, and uh, Upper she's, East Side, please. Upper East Side. I'm sorry, not the whole East How Side. How dare you? Yeah, <laughs> Upper East Side Marsha Brady over yes. here. Uh, she is the student body president, mm-hmm. and. Young Cecile is going to be attending their school this yes. uh, in the fall, mm-hmm. and her mother wants her to have Catherine take her under her wing. Yeah. We meet Selma Blair, who, of course, is playing Cecile, and she's wearing a koala bear shirt. Mm-hmm. And a skirt. And a skirt, and you can see her underwear, mm-hmm. and she's very naive. And let's talk about this a little bit. What's going on with Selma Blair? Oh, I don't know. It's a little confusing, because she's supposed to be 14, but she's kind of... This character is skews a lot younger it feels like she's more 11 12 years old well she's never even like heard of sex terms before which is really weird because yeah. it's like you can be very immature and naive but you can still like yeah now she did go to a boarding school but again are. like boarding schools are sometimes worse than like right, regular schools right. when it comes to that kind of information because if one person gets it the rest of them get it yeah and it also just feels like she comes from money um mm-hmm. she is you know her mom's well off like they're attending this really rich private school right it's like this movie's trying a little too hard to be a movie where it's just, yeah, like Cecile's like doesn't know anything. Yeah. She's very innocent. Yeah. But by innocent means like she's just kind of dressed like really It's a weird very and, exaggerated character, but it's done so well, well that, by Selma Blair. To say the Blair, least, yeah. yes, it is a very exaggerated character. <laughs> but yes. it's done so well by Selma Blair that you kind of, you have to remember that she's 14 because she's playing this like dumb, innocent kid so yeah. well. You have to remind yourself or it becomes even more of a shock because what happens later. Um, but when you when you think about it, like they wanted to kind of shock us through this movie, like this whole movie. The point is to shock. That's why Catherine and Sebastian are step siblings. Yeah. You know, they wanted to be discussed. They wanted to shock us. And I think with Selma Blair kind of being younger than 14, almost in our eyes, it's even more of a shock. But it's still OK because she's 14. Yeah, it's still just, uh, it's a very peculiar character. Mm. So Sebastian and Catherine, we find out that they are step-siblings. Yeah. And they also are very just horny. And they like to manipulate others, and they like to manipulate each other. Yeah. So we kind of have a really fun moment with them where it's kind of iconic, like the trailers based off like this scene, this bet, this mm-hmm. moment. It's like our whole plot, yeah. essentially. And the 90s teen movies were big on bets and wagers. <laughs> yeah, it was like there's no other way we can tell a story unless there's like something at stake. Literally, there's a bet or something. <laughs> you were just at bet. <laughs> so true. We should, so we should have done like top 20 top bet 20 movies. Top 20 bets. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the, the blocking's overall in this movie really weird, but especially with scenes with these two, we just have moments where they'll be sitting on two chairs together, then Catherine's got to move over to this chair, <laughs> and then, then Sebastian's moves. plucking some piano chords, 
Catherine's over here. He's like, here's a magazine. I'm going to touch your breast for a little bit. Just kidding. Now I'm going to sit over here. Now you're going to start rubbing your breast. And then <laughs> I'd he really... walks over to her. She puts her foot in his crotch. <laughs> and then he says, boldly go where no one met went before. Like, they just flirt with each other. They toy with each other. And they love to just move around in all the many yeah. chairs in this open space of their I'd house. I honestly really like to watch this movie with a therapist just to, like, get their take on these characters and see, like, why, like, Sebastian seems like he has major ADHD. Like, he can't <laughs> do anything. He can't sit still. Catherine's got, like, bipolar disorder, some kind of, like, disassociative, yeah. like, it's borderline a, personality disorder. No, it's so bizarre. And these parents have just left them alone. Yeah. Like, uh, they, we, we established that it's basically they're, you know, step-siblings. Yeah. Um, her mom uh is married to his dad and his dad's an alcoholic she suspects like you know like they're on vacation right now mm-hmm. she suspects your alcoholic father's like hooking up with the maid and, and then he's like smashing like good <laughs> uh but meanwhile they're just here just kind of they're just here just kind of doing their own thing yeah um and and they're bored and they're bored but sebastian grabbed uh, a teen uh bop magazine wow it was 17 magazine how dare you okay so he finds 17 magazine and um well i guess sarah michelle geller explains why she's training cecile she's been uh she saw this guy court yeah who's like really rich it looks like one of the mcconnell's it was Um, was jerry o'connell's brother (laughs) jerry o'connell's brother who was in like dude where's my car and stuff he's not sir not to appear in the rest of this film he has zero lines she's given him a bj um People out there that are like Selma Blair, she's giving him a blowjob, and Ew. you know she's and it's in a flashback. She's saying, "I went to great lengths to you know make to court make happy. court happy." And no, I just don't know why they like had these two random flashback images, like one of her giving him a blowjob in a car, and the other of uh, Selma Blair like with a mascot like eating ice cream and waving at the. Well, camera. the Selma Blair one was even more egregious because it's like as if you didn't get the point yet that she's like a doofus. Here's yeah. another scene where she's where she smiling licks, with like Mickey Mouse ears on it. and drops ice cream. She goes, "Oh." It was more like I think Selma Again, Blair needs to be going to watch a, this with a therapist. They could be like, and Selma Blair should be going to a different school, like a school for the gifted. And I'm not talking about Charles Xavier's school for the gifted. So. She's upset because Court is getting set up to, uh, like, go out or, like, I guess Court or whatever. Um, court is supposed to Court. Oh, my God. Cecile's character because their families are both rich. Mm-hmm. And Catherine is just kind of considered the, the slut. So she's, like, competitive. She's lost to Cecile. We called her a bulimic nutcase. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of got a point, though, mm-hmm. even though he's kind of crazy alcoholic, though. I don't know. It didn't seem like a good relationship regardless. No. So she's upset. So she wants Sebastian to help, uh, you know, deflower Cecile and ruin it for court. Because mm-hmm. for some reason, if she att- did an attack on court, it would come back to her. She has a reputation to uphold. And instead, she's going to get at Cecile by having her brother sleep with Cecile. Because right. he has a bad reputation, it's so like, it's fine. This is just a Monday right now oh, of what's going on with them. So, <laughs> or I don't know. It seems like a weekday. Because <laughs> who's seen a therapist? nobody has jobs. No one sees a therapist on a weekend. <laughs> No one has jobs, but I guess no one needs jobs. Right. They also act like they do have jobs, though. But most of it is just overall in this movie, they just kind of sit like, around. I have a reputation to uphold. Oh, man. I had a really rough day today of just manipulating people. No, it, re- it reminds me of uh, in Clueless when Ty goes, you guys talk like grown-ups. Because they're <laughs> just like, they're acting like they're these just overworked 
adults that just p- are passing each other in the yeah. hallway and they've they've got all these things to do but no you're 16 years old yeah well exactly and i mean overall the language in this movie is a little overly sophisticated mm-hmm. for who they are the the setting that they're in is overly sophisticated and it's just it is kind of weird it's like uh like high schoolers doing grown-up things yes it's very interesting setup anyways uh sebastian with his um um, what, what was the magazine? Seventeen magazine. Seventeen magazine with Jennifer Love Hewitt on the cover. Yes, of course. Uh, that was her cameo. Uh, so he finds an article uh, about this uh, girl named Annette, played by Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. and she. Uh, it's this full-on article of why I plan to wait. So she is waiting for marriage mm-hmm. to have sex. Mm-hmm. They both talk about it. Sebastian decides this will be his big conquest to yeah. deflower the head because she will be moving to their school because. Mm-hmm. She's the new headmaster's daughter. Of course she is. Sebastian is determined that he would, what would this do for his reputation if he could deflower the headmaster's daughter before school begins? Mm -hmm. It's his ultimate conquest. Yeah. Again, Uh, they're very bored. There's nothing else going on. (laughs) Catherine says, you don't stand a chance. He goes, care to make a wager? She's like, I'll think about it. And then he proceeds to go right in his journal and smoke some black and milds or whatever he's smoking in that room. He wouldn't smoke black and mild. He's smoking like a Cuban cigar, like a. They were fancy, like these small cigarillos one. that he was smoking. Well, Stupid. I know. I watched it earlier. He <laughs> <laughs> looked like this, like black cigarillo. I feel like these kids would like a mini not cigar, like have to try to ruin each other's lives if they just like had TVs. Because you notice they didn't have any like fancy TVs in their rooms. Like Dawson's Creek was going on like at this time. This they could have been watching Dawson. Much, much calmer lives. This movie is a really awesome argument for why TV should be in households. Because yes. this is what happens when you take TV out of households. Your this step, is what your teenagers step will do. Step-siblings will um, threaten to have sex with each other and ruin other people's lives. In and do cocaine out of their necklaces. Want. Oh my god, that necklace. <laughs> uh, but here's the big moment. The bet. The oh, bet yeah. is made. The bet. So here are the terms. If um, Sebastian is unsuccessful in deflowering the headmaster's daughter, Annette, before school begins, his 1956 Jaguar car is now Catherine's. Mm. And she says, your hot new car, mine. And if Sebastian wins, though, he gets, quote, Catherine, something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married. So essentially... She is offering him, uh, I'm, I'm not really clear, is it a night of sex or is it like a she's, lot of sex? Or she's is it offering just... to fuck his brains out, I believe. She says in, well, in, he English. Says in English, and she goes, I'll fuck your brains out. My point, though, is is she offering just one night of sex? Because she's offering him sex. Okay. Leave it at that. She gets his car forever, and he yeah. can only have her for, like, well, no, I don't know, he, what, that's 15 forever. minutes? That's forever in his mind, in his journal. Yeah, that is true. That conquest. Yeah, so we find, find out that sister. Catherine is also a conquest that he has not um, achieved right. to this point, and he's been right. obsessing about it. Um, something kind of tells me Catherine kind of wants it, too, but she just likes to play with him. She likes sex. Yeah, Catherine likes uh, sex, but being in control. Yes. Like, Catherine needs to be... Yeah. Uh, in control of yeah. everything for all her different Although schemes. Although when things don't go our way, it makes her really horny. <laughs> That's a quote definitely later. I hate when things don't get my way. It makes me so, so horny. horny. I'm like, all right, what? <laughs> Sounds good. 
Uh, whatever that means. Yeah, and Sebastian, you know, he, he wants to do this for his reputation. He wants to deflower uh, Annette, but as well as then if he can get Catherine in return as well, boom, this would be an awesome end of the summer. Yeah. Way better than that internship he passed up. <laughs> the bet is made, and now happy hunting, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, anything interesting that you wanted to point out that I kind of left out about just Catherine and Sebastian and their relationship, where they live? Well, they play a little cat and mouse, the two of them, throughout this whole movie. Um, he turns her down and goes into his room. She takes her over jacket off to reveal her sexy corset underneath and bring and beckons him to come back in the room to talk about the bet. Um, and they just, they kind of do that throughout the movie. They play a little cat and mouse with each other. Yeah. It's and like a fun game. Yeah. They're kind of enjoying it. Oh at, yeah. At some point, you know, like especially Catherine. Yeah. Like Catherine kind of likes this part about her scheming. Oh yeah. Cause she likes to be in control. Mm-hmm. Cause when she's not, she gets so horny. So horny. <laughs> So Sebastian's off to the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, Annette staying uh, at his aunt's house. How convenient! <laughs> How extremely convenient. Um, his aunt, whom he plays like this ridiculous character around. I think the the most egregious thing in this ridiculous movie is how people could fall for the Sebastian nice guy act because it's so ridiculous. Like, oh, Aunt Helen, like running into her arms. Would you make some of that iced oh. tea? Make that famous iced tea of yours. Like it's just a weird character that he plays. The fact that his aunt falls for it and Annette kind of falls well, for it. No, she does not fall for it, and he honestly only does it that one time in front of his aunt. The other times he's not like overly PG about anything. Mm. And also moments after that, at when he first meets Annette, he does his whole act in front of his aunt, and then he just asks if she's a lesbian yeah. and just stuff like like he just starts kind of talking a little bit crude, not like this yeah. like. PG-rated boy that he was acting like he was before. So he's trying to kind of like, you know, warm up to Annette, have her warm up to him, and she's kind of not falling for that act. She's seeing somebody who's mm-hmm. off backpacking Europe right now. Right. and he, She reveals that she got a letter talking about what a jerk he was. Yeah, and he is appalled Yeah, because who would say such bad How things of him? They? And, of course, um, he, you know, just kind of leaves it at that, like, well, if that's what you think. And now Sebastian's like, I gotta find out who wrote this letter. Mm-hmm. So he goes to his good friend uh, slash weed dealer slash Joshua Jackson. Everyone needs a Joshua Jackson. Um, he's also gay, and he lets him know that Annette does have a friend from Kansas uh, that plays football at their school mm-hmm. or at his school. Plays football at a school. He plays football. Remember. He plays football, uh, college ball. <laughs> but it turns out that he doesn't just like to tackle tight ends. You know? Off the field. Off the field. That was like what he said. <laughs> well, he's weighing out weed the weirdest way, too. Yeah. He's got a bunch of weed like broken up on like a huge scale. I, I just mean, don't know what he's doing this is anymore. what rich kids do. I like, think that we just can't relate. We did not grow up on the Upper East Side. The Upper East Side. I grew up just on the East Side. <laughs> yeah. Lower Chelsea. East Side. Uh, anyways, so Joshua Jackson's going to help him out and um, he's going to be like, oh, you already ex- scheduled. Uh, he's back in town for practice. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to be getting together. He's got a mouth like a Hoover. He's got a mouth like a Hoover. <laughs> so Sebastian knows that uh, this football player has put in a good word for him with the net. Mm-hmm. He goes back to Catherine to inform her that it turns out this is who's been bad mouthing me. But meanwhile, Catherine's kind of working with Cecile. Right. So we know that Cecile has a cello teacher mm-hmm. played by Sean Patrick Thomas. Yes. 
but he might want to be more than just a cello teacher. Yeah. They uh, have an attraction to each other. Yes. So, but they can't because he's... An adult? (laughs) That's why I felt like he's over 18, right? He's not going to school with them. It was really confusing because I thought he was kind of an adult. Yeah. But it's also confusing in a movie like that because I think, honestly, all the actors and actresses are about the same age in this movie. Yeah. Actually, Selma Blair was 30 when she did this movie and everybody else was in their late 20s. So (laughs) she was the oldest one. So, but I think it's kind of led to believe, I mean, he's a cello teacher. You know, high school students don't teach other high school students like at-home lessons like your freelance right. that's the thing. Teacher. Like, uh, somebody like Christine Baranski's character wouldn't be just getting some high school kid that was good at cello. She would be getting, and he's pre, oh, that's right, he's pre-Juilliard. Yeah, yeah, he's so, going to play at Carnegie Hall, so I mean, he's. So he's after, co- he's after high school, he's like. So Probably let's say he's like, a freshman. In, let's say he's a sophomore in college, but she's going to be a freshman in high school. Yeah. So she's fourteen and he's over eighteen. But Cecile's mom, when she finds out about this, doesn't get upset that he's way older than her. It's just because right. he's black. Right. And it's funny because that—that's what they want to do in the movie, but they kind of overlook the other part of like, well, this is also kind of statutory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're supposed to like somehow root for Ronald and all this. But yeah. well, we're supposed to root for Sebastian too. Who's supposed to root for a lot of these people? And I just do not. <laughs> these are not good people. <laughs> Uh, no, I want everyone to lose. And they all kind of do. They do. Um, spoiler. <laughs> so Catherine finds out what Cecile's dilemma is. Mm-hmm. Of course, she are, Catherine already knows about Court, but Cecile goes, well, you know, I'm supposed to go away with Court to the Hamptons or I whatever. I don't even like him. I don't even like him. I like Ronald. And then Catherine's like, well, it's obvious he likes you too. Right. And then Cecile confesses that she doesn't know anything. She's never been to first base. Never even been to first base. Catherine is going to teach her what first base is like. She's very selfless. Yeah. And uh, she sticks her tongue in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most iconic scenes of this movie, right? Most iconic scenes of the 90s. Yeah. This is like kind of represents it was in not another teen movie. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has kind of mimicked this, brought this scene up. Mm-hmm. I think it won an MTV Movie Award for Best, Best Kiss. Kiss as well. Of course it did. A lot of saliva. A lot. Exchange between them. A lot. Um, Pretty aggressive. I mean, the thing is, she explains what a French kiss Mm -hmm. essentially is. I'm going to stick my tongue in your mouth, and then you're going to massage it with your tongue. Right. It's essentially what you do. But this movie is like very open mouth. Let's see how it, how their tongues move. (laughs) and, And it works, and the movie is famous for it. Yes, exactly. No, no, I mean, I have nothing wrong with it. I just think it's funny It just scene. shows that Cecile is, like, really good at taking instructions. You're right, right. Because it was just like, boom, there you go. And she just, she did it right, right away. So good for Cecile. Yeah, and uh, they had that saliva exchange at the end, and then she goes, yeah. cool. <laughs> so now it's time for the Sebastian-Catherine game on Cecile. Mm-hmm. Now we're on. So Catherine tells Cecile's mom... About Ronald. Mm-hmm. Tells him where all the secret love letters are. So Ronald's been writing her love letters. Yeah. This guy should be in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Catherine, you know, ruins the game because Cecile is essentially now forbidden to see Ronald. Mm-hmm. But now Catherine and Sebastian, because the mom obviously does not allow any of this. Right. Um, Cecile's heartbroken because now she can't see Ronald. Mm-hmm. So now Catherine and Sebastian step in and go, we will help you. Communicate with Ronald yeah. with your letters. Because we'll we let, love love. Yeah, we love love. 
And in the meantime, Sebastian's going to also teach her how to be, like, sexually awakened. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what he does. Yeah. Um, so Sebastian, meanwhile, he's trying to charm Annette. And that's kind of progressing slowly but surely. But meanwhile, also, Sebastian is teaching Cecile how to have sex. Yes. While also that they are pairing up Ronald and, you know, Cecile to have, like, secret meetings at their nice mm-hmm. apartment condo apartment building home home so anyways she's setting up meetings for ronald and cecile to hang out at Mm -hmm. their home as well and meanwhile sebastian's kind of um raping her yeah (laughs) well he gets her drunk without her knowledge she was having an iced tea but he made her long island iced tea exactly um, so she got her drunk without her knowledge. He coerces her into looking sexy for him so he can take photos of her. Tries to convince her to take all of her clothes off, but she turns that down. Then she, she wants to leave and he said, and he plays his weird nice guy game of, you told me that I could give you a kiss. Yes. Um, and then she goes, okay. And then, you know, she sticks her lips out mm-hmm. he goes, and then he goes, Undoes her sweatpants. Undoes her sweatpants. (laughs) And she goes, what are you doing? He's like, you said I could give you a kiss. She's like, yeah. But he's like, I didn't say where I was going to kiss you. And then he goes down on her. Yeah. And she enjoys it. She tells Catherine about how she enjoys it, but. But feels like he took advantage of her, which which she this kinda, is a problem with this movie. He did, yeah. he did take advantage of her, and at the end we're supposed to root for this guy, but it's like, well, no, I don't know, man. I mean, you, vi- just... you violated multiple women just in this movie. I don't even want to know what the rest of that book said. <laughs> the rest of your journal actually <laughs> says, um, but then now like, you know, Cecile's coming to visit him frequently, mm-hmm. and. She's just they're well, having Catherine sex tells now. her like you might as well keep going now that you've done it you might as well use it. It's as a, a secret club. Yeah, it's secret a secret society. It's a secret society that we all have. She's like, oh cool, secret, secret society. society. Fucking idiot. Oh well, that's what Catherine says on her way out. Yeah, <laughs> it was a direct quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Sebastian is um, you know still trying to work Annette, but meanwhile has got some time to. Start yeah. banging Cecile. Well, they have really long days in this universe. Yeah. I don't even know about the days. I got really confused sometimes of just what Yeah, because Sarah Michelle Geller would it. change her outfit four times, but yeah. uh, Annette would still be in the same purple shirt. And then pigtails. sometimes it was supposed to be evening. Then like, I'm like, is this the next day or is this later that day? <laughs> I don't know if there's like some editing issues in this movie. Yeah. Uh, that one particular time was when he had sex with Cecile. Um, he says he's going to take a shower. He's like, good night, Cecile. And then it jump cuts to an outfit that Reese Witherspoon, uh, Net was wearing. Earlier that day. Earlier that day. <laughs> but then she's still wearing it. And I think it was supposed to be that same day as yeah. far as the shooting script goes. But then they kind of cut it out of order. Thinking yeah. no one would notice. But I noticed. I we noticed. noticed. On my 80th viewing of this movie, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Sebastian, getting a little rapey with Cecile, but at this point, uh, Cecile's kind of into it as well. Yeah. So now it's not really rapey anymore, but, but one would argue. But still a little rapey. Yeah. Um, on the she rape, was groomed into this. The rapey scale, it started off at an eight, and now it's kind of simmered down to a six. Yeah. I Guess what? That's that still a passing was, rapey grade. She was groomed into this by Catherine as well. Like, she right. was she was feeling like she was taken advantage of, and Catherine convinced her that she wasn't just to continue this game. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Cecile, but I kind of don't as well. <laughs> I don't feel bad for anybody in this movie. But yeah. yeah. Rapey. A little rapey. After Sebastian um, has sex with Cecile, mm-hmm. she's at staying at her aunt's house as well. And he shows up and that's there. So everyone's all there. And he's kind of giving her that... Uh, kind of rapey look like he's stroking his tennis racket like it's his penis uh yeah. licking his lips and she, uh, you know cecile gets upset of course no one else thankfully for sebastian's game uh saw this right but maybe you could be a little bit more careful cecile's upset and then uh his aunt shows up and says oh well two people canceled on uh volunteering at the old folks home but, but I, I can't i have tickets. theater tickets i have to go to the theater tonight like first world problems is what the name of this movie should have been because she's like two people need to volunteer at this old folks home but i have theater tickets like oh man poor you that sucks so she just suggests that sebastian and annette volunteer and do this so they go to the old folks home which was this an old folks home or was this like uh, kind of a it was a pretty extreme like experience it was pretty extreme because everyone was like kind of crowded on each other like in the opening shot when they're walking around and the first shot we see is an old person um spraying water on a parrot and the parrot's on a macaw (laughs) yeah it was like a macaw she's spraying it's like stop stop and she's like just staring at like like, (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i feel like it's like a old folks home for the mentally ill yeah (laughs) because yeah that was the first shot that we see in the movie as they're walking by and they get separated and Sebastian yeah. has to watch this one old lady for a while and he's just working <laughs> in his journal and she's just repeating, yeah. saying nonsense of, did I ever tell you stories? Like, yes, you did. And then we played backgammon three times and you won. And then I fucked your daughter. She's like, what? He's like, would you like some water? Yes. And then the lady comes in and goes, oh, did you guys have fun? She's like, yeah, we played backgammon three times. And she's like, you go girl. And everyone's all happy and. That was it. And that was it. Then they're like driving back together. And that, that's a key moment because it shows that they're like they start holding hands. Yes. And well, they, because he was trying to pretend that he had fun and then she's not buying and that's not buying it. Yeah. Gets him to admit like, no, it was horrible. I hated it. And she's like, well, you take things too seriously. Just enjoy yourself. So I want to talk about that. But okay. I want to back up. Let's go back to this oh old gosh. folks home. <laughs> What is going on there? I just want to know what your hot take is. What's going on in this scene? I think it's it's just old people with dementia. That's fine. Just also, why is it in this movie? Like, that's the best thing they came up with? It's That's the best thing they came up with. They couldn't afford to deal with, like, child labor laws and have them volunteer to, like, take care of some kids or, like, give out yeah. soup. And a, that's the thing, like... Wealthy this... people wouldn't go to the homeless shelter and like to a soup kitchen and be pouring soup. That's their version of it is going to this old folks home and reading to yeah. a wealthy old person. For me, it was just very, I mean, it works. It was just strange. It was just such a one off moment. Yeah. Of them just It could going, have been lifted completely out of this, would I, not have changed anything. I, I want to see that movie, though, about <laughs> working at that old folks home. I want to get to know that nurse a lot better. That nurse who loves her life. Selma Blair will be there when she's older. I guarantee it. <laughs> Selma Blair. One other hot take I have. It's interesting that the aunt sets this up perfectly for them. And there's a golden moment there where, well, two people bailed on uh, the retirement home, but I have theater tickets. <laughs> like, hey, bitch, how about you give the young kids your theater right? tickets and you go volunteer? Right? <laughs> you jerk. They could have saw Pirates of Penzance. They could have said they were seeing 10 Things I Hate About You and then saw this movie instead. 
So, yeah, I thought that was interesting because yeah. uh, they missed out on some probably dope theater tickets. Yeah. So I don't think she was going to a movie, though. No, she was going to. It's Broadway. Yeah, because they're rich. Yes. They're not going to see like. It's also New York. And also like if you have theater tickets to see a movie, you just don't go. You just rain check and see see that movie another time. But I have tickets for the opening of The Matrix <laughs> on Broadway. <laughs> Fun fact, they tried to make Cruel Intentions into a Broadway musical. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A musical? Mm-hmm. I will have sex with my stepbrother. <laughs> what would be some other musical numbers? Why I'm gonna wait. <laughs> conquest. I'm gonna make a conquest. And then they all at the end sing an arranged acapella version of Bittersweet Symphony. And they're like, bum, 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 Sebastian's like leading number would be like, in my diary, <laughs> I write all my thoughts and feelings. There's a song called Secret Society. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Sebastian and Annette, after a busy day of like one hour volunteering, uh, they're driving back in his car. Mm-hmm. And Sebastian's like pretending, like he said. He's trying to pretend that he had a good time mm-hmm. to impress her. And then she calls him out on it. But it seems like they kind of have a finally or- organic back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes some silly faces at him to make him laugh. She's like, it's okay. You can laugh. Yeah. She holds his hand. We're getting somewhere. We're, we are. We're getting We're somewhere. Advancing. Right. But I think this is actually the moment where Sebastian starts thinking of her more than a bet. Yeah. I think she's Sebastian's kind of actually. Yes. She's not just a conquest. I think he's actually having some legitimate mm-hmm. feelings for her. Of course, we have constant reminders throughout the movie from Catherine of like Catherine wants him to win. That's the thing that's interesting is mm-hmm. Catherine wants him to win this bet. Like, she wants to bang. Yeah. So she keeps, like, going, have you finished, sealed the deal sealed yet? The deal. And he's like, not yet. She's like, well, let me know when you do. <laughs> Until then, down boy. <laughs> Your favorite line. My favorite scene. She looks down his penis. Down boy. Down boy. <laughs> oh, come on, Catherine. So she keeps, you know, he keeps not yet. And I think Catherine's getting this sense that... This He's is kind of it's kind of fallen for her, mm. which is you know later we'll kind of reveal that Catherine's kind of enjoying that part because mm-hmm. then she's gonna fuck it up for him in the end. That's what she does. So Sebastian finally makes a move, kisses Annette. They she kisses him back, but then kind of like it's going too fast, and he yeah. kind of has his emo moment. It's like you, I have to leave. I'm going back to the city. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. I'm going back to the city. You've upset me too much. I can't. You've you've broken my heart at this point yeah. because I can't be with you, and I just want to be with you. And then later at night, he's about to say like just deuces, like mm-hmm. bye, Felicia. And then she's uh, surprise. Um, Annette offers herself mm-hmm. in her awesome PJs. In her PJs, she unbuttons her sensible top. Yes, and Sebastian's got it. He can seal the deal right now. And he says, "I can't." And then he's like, I can't. And then she cries because she feels like she's not good enough for... She was just rejected. She just finally, like, gave, was going to give up her flower. Yeah. Or maybe deep down she knew those pajamas are just kind of hideous. And <laughs> I think that was she's what like, actually happened right there. She's like, is it the pajamas? The, it's the pajamas. The, the juxtaposition of her PJs and Catherine's PJs is amazing. The problem is she didn't move into the new spot with her dad yet. So when she packed, she only packed one set of pajamas because she didn't think she was going to be having sex on right, this summer right. vacation. She was waiting till marriage. She didn't think she was going to get married. <sighs> but anyway, she wore those hideous pajamas anyways. Yep. Yeah. So he, he leaves her. He rejects her because, you know, I think deep down Sebastian also knows that 
no, this isn't right. Like, right. I actually have feelings for her. Kind of almost seeing what her perspective I is on waiting for marriage. This girl. Having sex with someone that you actually care about and love. Mm-hmm. And it's a new feeling. It's almost like when the Grinch, like, his heart grows like a couple sizes. Okay. You know? <laughs> Sebastian has a very black heart. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was like, it was getting a few, like, uh, pumps of, like, fresh blood into yeah. it. He's like, what's this feeling? Ah, I must go flirt with my stepsister. <laughs> right in my journal. Gross. Smoke a cigar. He has that chance with her, turns mm-hmm. her down. Essentially, Catherine is just assuming that he sealed the deal now. Uh-huh. He's like, not yet. I actually turned her down. And she kind of gives him that pep talk like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> are you serious? Don't fuck this up. Right. You know? Which leads to my point even more that Catherine wants him to win this bet. Like, she right. doesn't want that car. Right. Well, she also doesn't want this, like, him to give up. Yeah. Because it's no fun if he gives up. Exactly, exactly. So Catherine just kind of gives him that pep talk. Like, and then she won't have her play thing anymore. She's enjoyed just kind of messing with him this whole time. If yeah, she loses exactly. him, yes. she's lost, she's lost the, the person that does all the bad deeds for her so she can stay perfect. Catherine plays um, a CD, uh-huh. um, plays Counting Crows colorblind, uh-huh. <laughs> and it carries on where Sebastian drives to the airport, finds out where Annette is, and he's wearing a deep blue shirt, and she's going up the escalator, and he's just In standing there. And uh, he's like, <laughs> colorblind's playing, you know, coffee oh, black and egg white, <laughs> pull me out from inside. I'm Ryan Felipe, your Reese Witherspoon. How's it going? Yeah. yeah. And then we get to see them actually have sex because they were together in real life. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's how it works in movies. If you are already with the person it's in just real life, flat out porno. You, just, you just have sex for real. Before we get into that, they have sex. <laughs> I want to talk about what they say at the top of the escalator because she goes, <laughs> she goes, I'm impressed. He goes, well, I'm in love. Like, oh, touche. <laughs> oh, well. I'm impressed. I'm in love. I'm in love. And then they make out and the camera goes in a circle. Yeah, it circles around him. Um, Classic shot. Connie Crow's just going wild. Oof. You know, there's fireworks in the air. They make it back to his house? I don't know where they go. You know, the first time I saw this movie, I thought they were in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when we watched this again, I kept going like, oh, I'm definitely going to talk about why do they have sex in a yeah. bathtub? Then I watched it and I'm like, I don't think they're in a bathtub. I think I was so blinded by the locate like by the story the many times I've seen this that I've never really <laughs> stopped to look at the locations. Nothing makes sense at all. In so movie. they're in a room, yeah, uh, very sweaty. They could be at the train station yeah. still. I don't know. So <laughs> it just dipped into the janitor's closet and it got super romantic. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, do you have uh Counting Crows best of album? <laughs> I was listening to Colorblind during this moment, and it'd be nice if, uh, if that we could just continue. Could continue while we have sex. Also, do you have like a spray bottle? Um, I borrowed one from this parrot spraying woman. We need to really glisten our bodies to show that this means something. The whole moment itself is just shows this is the first time for him as well having mm-hmm. sex with like making love. Yes, this is his first time making love as mm-hmm. opposed to just conquesting. <laughs> He is no longer a conquistador. <laughs> no, con love the door. <laughs> yes, and it's true. It, it shows that he really cares about her. It was very intimate. Sebastian has fallen, mm-hmm. and Annette has fallen for him. Yep. Meanwhile, what the fuck happened to her boyfriend that's backpacking Europe? Poor dude. I'm, 
Sucks He's been be supporting him. her in her virginity and I saying, I understand. And then I think it's safe to say he was boning down on chicks in Europe. Oh, so you just fine. assume that because yeah. everyone's like Sebastian in everyone's this movie. Everyone's awful in this movie. Everyone's terrible. He's boning down on chicks. You're probably right. Um, <laughs> so let's get to it. We're getting into our big finish here. Mm-hmm. So Sebastian is falling for Annette. Annette's falling for Sebastian. Catherine's pissed. Um, Sebastian's won the bet. Yeah. And um, Sebastian kind of like shows up with flowers. Now, it's weird because I don't know who he's bringing flowers to. He just shows up back to their old, like, their city house mm-hmm. um, with flowers. Yeah. But I don't know what he's doing with those flowers. Annette, at that point, I think, had moved to the city because yeah. school's about to start. Yeah, but not yet, though. He hasn't seen her place yet. Um, so, I don't know. Whatever. He brings flowers, I- but then he goes to his little study, probably to write in the journal about how great... The sex was. Right. The love making was. But he hears um, Catherine moaning from her room. He knocks on the door, comes on in, and Catherine uh, clearly is hiding something. Mm-hmm. And it's Ronald. It's Ronald McDonald, <laughs> the cello player. Ronald, the statutory rapist. Yeah. Um, is having sex with another person underage. <laughs> yeah. So she's hooking up with him. And then he also, he's in a pullout drawer. Which is awesome. <laughs> I thought that was awesome that it could fit a grown man. A grown cello player could fit in this sliding drawer in your bed. It's a fantastic bed. And uh, I love how he says, this is a fucked up family. I'm just like, is it? I mean, you you guys are just hooking up and he walked in on you guys. Right. I mean, also, you're fucked up too, Ronald. You do yeah. not get a free pass. You, the, Sarah I mean, Michelle Geller is 16, 17 years old. You are in college. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to play at Carnegie Hall banging underage girls. Right? So Ronald says this is a fucked up family and leaves. Sebastian kind of mocks her on it. And then, you know, Catherine's horned up now. Yeah. You know, Catherine's already got some Ronald going on. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they were her up to. Her exact quote was, I want to fuck. Yes. Um, but Sebastian's like, I'm not in the mood right now. Yeah. And she throws a glass at him. And, you know, Sebastian, like, had Catherine at mm-hmm. that moment. But... That's where it kind of all turns because Sebastian turns her down. Mm-hmm. Then Catherine realizes, like, you're falling for her. Mm-hmm. How stupid can you be? Your reputation's going to get ruined. It's a headmaster's daughter. You know, think about your life at school now. Where think he's about gonna, her and you're going to destroy this you're, girl. You're going to destroy her. You're going to destroy yourself because he's going to find out about who you are. So you're going to take her down with you. Mm-hmm. Like... And she's like, she threatens to call him. She says, I'm going to call the headmaster and tell him what you have done. Yeah, exactly. Because Catherine still needs to control it. Catherine is the worst. But Catherine makes a good point that the way they've been living their life is like, they are too similar. Like, they Mm -hmm. are like kind of in a weird, fucked up way, soulmates. Uh, Whereas like, you know, Sebastian will never change. Like, Mm -hmm. he he can't change worlds. Right. And to a degree, Catherine's kind of right. Um. Sebastian done some fucked up shit. Yes. It's not like this yeah. kind of a... Just because he fell in love doesn't mean we forgive him. Yeah, just because he has good intentions right now. Yeah. He's had cruel intentions this whole movie. <laughs> Roll credits. Um, so Sebastian decides, I'm going to just go ahead and break Annette's heart. Mm-hmm. And she's showing the new place at this point. Yep. She wants to have sex again. She's like, oh, I think well, we can be quiet. Because it was so great the first time. Sorry, she wants to have make love again. She wants to have make love. Um... <laughs> In a bathtub. She's like, we have a good bathtub over here. But he says, no, I can't. I don't mm-hmm. feel that way anymore. In fact, I love somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you can never be that person. Right. Well, and yeah, then he tries to like, but because he knows what he's saying is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like he really does care for her, but he's just saying this bullshit mm-hmm. to her anyways. And 
Her heart is broken. Her heart has been just ripped apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 tragic because mm-hmm. Sebastian actually does care for her. He finally cares about mm-hmm. something in his life, mm-hmm. and you know, one would say he's actually kind of doing the right thing. Yeah. But what's funny in this movie is like he later cannot just like keep doing the right thing. No. <laughs> the right thing is to just like leave her alone and let yeah. her have a good life. You are too far bad at this point, and yeah. you know you can't turn around and. You know, you're actually doing the noble thing of like cutting her loose. Yeah. He goes back to celebrate with Catherine. Of course, he's still crying. Like, can you clean your face a little bit? Don't show that weakness in front of Catherine. <laughs> right? Like, he's he's sitting in the corner, like with his sunglasses on, with a champagne bottle, and like there's that one tear running down his face. It's like, oh Jesus. Um. So dramatic. They they cheers, and then Catherine says, "Um, which we toast to," and she goes, "My triumph, not over a net." Over you. Ooh. And then she basically explains, like, you're just a toy, Sebastian. You know, you finally cared about and loved something in your life. And I made you throw it all away. Mm. Catherine. And then, you know, Catherine just says, you know, I bet you want to make arrangements. She says arrangements a lot for sex. <laughs> she says a lot of things. Yeah, you want to make arrangements in the bathroom? <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, she says, I suppose you want to make arrangements, but you know what? I don't fuck losers. Oh. Yeah, and Sebastian's like, ah, oh, shit, Catherine's a bitch too. Oh, <laughs> I got to get Annette back now. Because Catherine's right. Sebastian, leave her alone, actually. Yeah. No, you are a loser. Yeah, leave Sorry. her alone. You're a loser at the beginning of the movie, and the problem is you should realize that you are. I mean, it's cool that you love Annette, but sorry, you got to let her be free because you are going to fuck her up. Right. You have a horrible reputation that you were really proud about at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> By the way, you raped Cecile. Right. Like that's like you're gonna have charges, bro. Yeah, and also you distributed what I assume is child porn because oh, I Reed. doubt Tara Reed is over eighteen, and yeah. you're putting naked photos of her on the internet. So let's not forget this about Sebastian when he goes to trial. Yeah, or if he ever makes it to trial. Spoiler alert! Big ending. Sebastian turns in his diary, mm-hmm. gives it to to Annette, Annette to and then try writes to this whole long letter explaining like, you know, he's coming clean about everything. There is a huge bet. I've mm-hmm. done a lot of fucked up things, but the truth is like I've never felt about anyone like I've felt about you. It I'm was just a bet, but now I'm I am colorblind. <laughs> Coffee black and egg white. He he confesses everything. Sebastian's uh sleeping in Central Park outside uh Annette's uh, apartment building. <laughs> On a rock. Yeah, he just like it's like morning time, and he just kind of like gets How the up. Mighty have fallen. He's in his black trench coat, mm-hmm. just staring at yeah. her door. He gets up, and he's just kind of walking. Well, his car probably got towed. So. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> uh, Ronald shows up and like, yo, yo, we need to talk. He's like, can we talk later? And he's like, no, no, no. You hit Catherine. He's like, oh, she I got did to not you too. Hit Look, man, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, she said you fucked Cecile too. He's like, oh, well, <laughs> well that I did. You got me there. And then, um. Meanwhile, Annette is, like, running outside, I guess. Well, because she read the book, um, the journal, and now she's she's finally decided that, like, you know what? I love him, too. Yes, yes, He's yes, changed. Yes. He's learned. So she's just running out of her apartment rather than calling him. Yeah. She's going to go run out to hopefully. Well, because she it. saw him. Did, she didn't see him from her apartment, though. She came well, she out of her apartment. Well, she took a walk. She took a walk to think. Oh, so everyone was just him. out here all walking. Everyone's on right. a think walk. Everybody does think walks. A lot of think walking. Yeah. Because um, you don't have a TV. Ronald starts punching Sebastian. Mm-hmm. You know they're kind of like on this like little bike lane, jogging lane. Yeah. Uh, but it shows so right busy of traffic. Central Park. Um, 
Annette sees them. She's like, stop it. Stop uh-huh. it. And then she tries to pull Ronald off Sebastian, but then she falls. She gets rolled into the street, Rolled into the street. This taxi cab guy isn't paying attention until it's time to pay attention. Then Sebastian's like, Annette. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushes her out and then gets uh, ran over. Well, yeah. not ran over. He actually gets hit he gets, and then he goes over the car. He hits the windshield. He gets hit and rolled over the car. When this happens, <laughs> it made me realize all these Dwayne Johnson movies I've been watching of like, that's just an average day for Dwayne yeah. Don- and then Johnson. And he gets up. <laughs> he gets up and he's like, I'm good. All right, I'm ready to hold <laughs> the machine. Ryan Felipe is no rock, okay? <laughs> yeah, so Ryan Felipe is laying there. Sebastian is laying there. He's got like some cuts on his hand. <laughs> he's got a little cut on his forehead, a little bloody nose, and net runs but over. He's his... dying. Is he like? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is dying. I guess, but it's the thing is, I I don't know. I don't. I didn't do the study on this, but I feel people get hit by cars. Like usually suffer from like like you know multiple injuries mm-hmm. that you don't have enough time to be that coherent. Be like net, I love you. Like he's responding as if he got shot. Yeah. Like, and he got shot, and he has enough time to kind of talk until he kind of just bleeds out, right? Right. But he has a head injury, essentially. The reason that he would have died from this is having a head injury, which means he would have, A, probably passed out because of his concussion, um, or B, been not coherent at all. Yeah, that's what's so jarring about it, because I remember the first time I watched it, he's like, Annette, I love you. And she's like, I love you. I'm like, okay, so he's going to have to go to the hospital and stuff. But then... No, boom, <laughs> boom! It's first day of school. Yeah. And they start with a funeral. I think that we would have still gotten the message that they both love each other if he didn't speak after being hit. Like he just he got hit. His eyes are open in his last moments, holding her hand, and they like that would have told the same exact story as I love you. Yeah, or it could have been simply that he's out for a walk, and then she sees him in the park, mm-hmm. and then they have their moment. And then Ronald interrupts the fun to be like, hey, we need to talk. Uh-huh. And then he starts punching him and then... And then Sebastian dies. Well, yeah. Or like, and he can still push her out of the right. way, but then like we could do that, that that jump cut like a car hits him or something like that. Yeah, or we, don't, something. we don't need him to be laying on the ground coherently telling her he loves her. It just doesn't make any sense for me because the way he got hit by the car, it seems like he's going to be okay because he's not doesn't have any signs of a concussion right now. Right. He has he a scraped, scraped hand and a cut on his forehead. I'm worried about the cab driver. He slammed his face on the steering wheel. I'm worried about Ronald. Did, did the cab driver's wife Will Ronald wife make it to Carnegie it? Hall? <laughs> so, like we said, we jump cut, first day of school. I don't know why the school is having a funeral. I was wondering about that because, yeah. first of all, the headmaster wouldn't have been the like one giving the the ceremony. If it's the actual funeral, it should be a priest or something because it's a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So it would be a priest doing it and Catherine giving the eulogy. Okay, fine. Yeah, it would be like the head of school, like reading a funeral for it. Like there'd be a regular funeral for him. There'd be a funeral for him. They're making that part of like the first day of school. Yeah, it wouldn't have been part of the first day of school. It's really strange. But what's funny is you think Catherine would be a little concerned about this journal knowing that Sebastian's dead. Right. Uh, because she's been obsessed by wanting to read it forever to see what he's saying about her and stuff. And also maybe knowing that like Annette got his car. (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't she be like yeah. wait you got the car why <laughs> yeah like you know Catherine seems a little bit too confident mm-hmm. so Catherine's reading her eulogy that's all about her yes. uh, which is pretty cool <laughs> Uh, if you ever talk at my funeral, just make sure it's all about you. Uh, it will be. Catherine doesn't get to that part where she's saying, like, you know, Sebastian would look down and say, Catherine, I'm sorry. Right. 
because uh, half the school, everyone's leaving this funeral because well, everyone's probably like, because the verb is playing out in the back. <laughs> they're like, did you hear that? <laughs> it's a bittersweet. Annette <laughs> has printed off his whole diary and has published it uh-huh. as a book called Cruel Intentions, the memoirs <laughs> of Sebastian Valmont. Um, and it all details the whole bet. Yeah. It's all his confessions. And then it confessing all of Catherine's wrongdoing. Basically, it's exposing all of her. Exposes everything Catherine. Mm-hmm. The coke habits, the deceptiveness, mm-hmm. uh, the, the bulimia. Bulimia. Everything is like brought out to light. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the headmaster. Like her family comes out. They open up the coke necklace. and they're It's like, a rosary. They open up a rosary and they're like, oh, it's not religious. And everyone's like, you made a good point about how people are reading this. <laughs> they're too. all reading it at the same exact time. And then they all look up at the same time as if to say like, okay, we all synchronize our watches. This is when we start. Yeah. Now, when we get to the Catherine part, everybody look at Catherine. <laughs> I mean, it worked as a movie, but really looking at it as a, as a, a deeper scope. It's like synchronized reading. Everyone yeah. was on the same page when Catherine was, and she just yeah. jumped into the middle of it. She's like, what page are you guys doing? Catherine busted. It, I love the shot where it cuts to um, Sebastian's photo at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Like, So it's like he's getting a smirk. Like, he has I, that smirk. I had the last laugh. Yeah. Fuck you, Catherine. Yep. And everyone throws rocks at Catherine, and they stone her <laughs> to death dies. at the campus, and then they eat her. <laughs> yeah. So, Catherine, you lost. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian's dead. Yep. Selma Blair, uh, you got your cherry pop by um, Sebastian. and But your boyfriend's a statutory rapist. And uh, cheating on you. Yeah. So, but good luck. You had a fun yep. awakening that Annette, month. Annette, you... Uh, you got a jaguar. You fell in love. You got a jaguar, but your dad knows you a hoe. Uh, well, she's not a hoe. Well, and she hooked up with Sebastian eyes. and she loved him. Well, the thing is, people know that she's a fraud now in their eyes because of how... She, so well, no one won in this movie. Everyone lost. <laughs> he, I'd argue. Okay, so what we do see is Annette uh, driving away from everything in mm-hmm. the Jaguar. It's the With shot the that matches up uh, mm-hmm. to our establishing shot of Sebastian driving his car. Yeah. She's got his diary, like the actual one. She puts on the sunglasses and she's just leaving the city. Yeah. So for all I know, she's skipping school that day because she's just dun, driving dun, somewhere. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, it was a really good shot and uh, a fin. A what? The end. Fiend. Oh. <laughs> was, it's French, right? Yeah. Fiend. Like dangerous liaisons. Dangerous liaisons. <laughs> Cruel intentions. Yeah. So did anyone win in this movie? No. Okay. I um, mean, I, and I would like to think that Ronald didn't win in the end. Um, no. I, so I think Annette really did win. I don't think – I think it's wrong to say that she's a fraud. You know, she wrote an article about why she plans to wait until she's in love. Like, she doesn't want to just have sex. Now, I don't, I said it earlier, but I don't think it was about marriage. It was about, I just want to wait until I'm like, in, like, no, and I am in love with this person. I think so. Uh, no, I think it was marriage because was she marriage. had her boyfriend that she was loved marriage, very much. It was marriage, but then much. what she says later to Sebastian is like, I just don't feel like doing the act unless it's with someone that you love, right. you know. And I don't think that we're mature enough. She, she also said, and yeah. I don't think that. People our age are mature enough to have real love feelings. Which is true. Absolutely Even true. though uh, everyone in this movie acts way more mature than they are, except for uh, <laughs> Selma Blair takes it down like 10 <laughs> other levels of wakes, wakes, Poor Cecile. <laughs> acts way more immature than she really is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because um, I think Annette still overall won because 
you know, she actually did find some love mm-hmm. in a very unusual circumstance, but she was able to still be truthful and transparent. Like she yeah. published, you know, Sebastian's confessions. Uh, she made, you know, Catherine not be able to get away mm-hmm. with. Um, she exposed all, Catherine. She exposed Catherine, who's someone that needed a good exposing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I mean, like, honesty will set you free. Yeah. Because everyone else was kind of all liars in this movie. Yeah, and Cecile got a little bit of maturity in there. Um, Overall, but, I mean, nothing is solved as far as her mother is still very overbearing. and Yeah, her mom still sucks. We never really resolved if mother's forcing her to still date this guy, Court. You know? Right. Well, mom wasn't forcing Court. Seemed pretty forceful to me. She just would rather she be with Court. Seemed pretty forceful to me. I mean, yeah. Because... Clearly, Cecile wasn't into it. No. So, and it was all because he took a like a liking to her. Right. You know, Free uh, trip to the Hamptons. But Cecile was deflowered as well as, um, you know, being. But Cecile was dealing more, with Ronald. But the thing is, with Cecile, she was more of the classic teenager that wants to have sex. She just didn't really understand what her body was going through because she was a bit too sheltered. <laughs> um, you know, I know that they say women go through puberty. Before men, mm-hmm. and I know like it's proven, but uh, something happened with Cecile. <laughs> she really like <laughs> she blossomed. She, she's like four <laughs> years behind everyone else. Is Sebastian? You know, he's kind of our protagonist. He's kind of our hero. Is he a hero? No. In this movie, he's awful. But we kind of get in that feeling like kind of root for him though. Right? Oh no, we're supposed to root for him, but he that doesn't make him. Well, him you not generally a bad kind of root for the hero of the movie. Yeah. Um, is there anything heroic that he really did, though? He didn't do anything heroic. It was actually Annette doing the heroic thing, which is taking his his story that he gave her and making it public. So it's a little bit of um, she would hope that he would become that person, that good person that he was with her. Yeah, I think, you know, the movie, we got to get a, he a glimpse into Sebastian. <laughs> I don't know if he needed to die. I think death is an easy way out. But um, I think what we did is we got to a glimpse of Sebastian actually, like I said, like having a heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he turns down Annette the first time because it's not right. And then, you know, he turns down Catherine mm-hmm. because he actually really cares about Annette. Like right. He doesn't want to, you know, screw this up. But then he and then he tried to he actually kind of did the right thing by trying to push her away because he's he's bad news. Right. You know, he's done some horrible things and she's too innocent. She's too great. That's what he loves about her. She doesn't deserve this. You know, he shouldn't take her down with him. Mm -hmm. The thing is with his journal, it's so cliche because it's just so representative. Like the late 90s, those kind of movies of like, encloses my journal, all my deepest thoughts. Mm -hmm. I want you to have them. I've never felt, you know, we're (laughs) in that era where, I mean, I was kind of like that with like some people in high school where it's like. I've never felt any way besides someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I've never felt like this way about anybody else. I want you to have this letter. You know what I mean? It was like so kind of like just kind of corny, you know, because I mean, he's been writing that diary for a while. Yeah. There's probably some pretty horrible shit in there. Yes. Of like deflowering like. We saw him do horrible things. Like the Tara Reid thing's probably in the journal. Yes. It's definitely in there. Um. So I'm kind of confused because, I mean, it's the right thing of, like, coming clean and just showing her who he really is. So mm-hmm. I think that is heroic what he did. But it's confusing with Annette because she probably read some pretty... Um, heinous things. 
heinous things now it's cool that he's not that person anymore mm-hmm. but at the same time like <laughs> brag much i mean you, you you read this memoir of all these like women that he's like tricked into sleeping with him it's like it's pretty fucking awful yeah. <laughs> sebastian wow but i think it's great because i got your jaguar and i'm gonna just ride down this highway in new york because there's no traffic today thank None. god zero traffic and in i'm new gonna york. hold on to this rapist journal you yeah. have cool it's a bittersweet. <laughs> so, yeah, Sebastian is kind of our hero because he does come clean about who he is, but uh-huh. it still doesn't change of the level of what he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, rest in peace, Sebastian. Yeah. Pour one out. Write, write one in the diary for you. Yeah. So, let's do a few uh, gems in the movie. My advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. Everybody does it. It's just that nobody talks about it. So in the opening aerial shot, we're kind of sweeping over a graveyard until we get to Sebastian in his Jaguar driving over the bridge. It's interesting because Sebastian ends up dying at the end of this movie. So it's a little bit of foreshadowing. I would argue that's drone shadowing. Drone shadowing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's true. I never noticed that uh, my times watching this that, you know, sometimes foreshadowing. It's very subtle, but it's there. Yep. Uh, that could have been an accident on their part, too. But that'd be <laughs> cool. If happened it, to be yeah, passing it's, a graveyard cool exists, in this though. shot. <laughs> Damn boy. One of the gems I had, it's just the geography of mm-hmm. everything. Now, we talked about this before, but I'm kind of confused. Was Sebastian staying at his aunt's, like, summer home? Yeah. Or was he staying down in the city? There's a lot of times that I was just like, are we at a city place or are we at like the summer home? Is Annette yeah. staying with them, or like they staying with them? It like, was Catherine's weird. They seem here. to have a significant amount of time that Sebastian was staying at the aunt's house too. So because there's a lot of moments that he was staying at the aunt's house, and like you know he's down by the pool, mm-hmm. or he's like stopping by her room. But like the one time he rejected her, he you know turns away and says, "I'm going to go back to the city." He says he's going to go back to the city, but that's like. But he goes like immediately right after he rejects her, he goes to his like bedroom. Yeah. But it's like he didn't drive all the way back to the city. Yeah. So I guess he was staying there. But then here's my twist then. Mm-hmm. So that means all the times he was hooking up with Cecile, Cecile. was at his aunt's summer home. Right. Which is where Annette's staying. Right. So what? And then it's confusing because... How many times like could have been she could have just walked in on them? Right. It was just weird. The, the locations lo- locations were really strange in this. Yeah, I just couldn't tell. And it's, it doesn't help that every single house is just super overdone, fancy in general. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just really kind of confused because New York's not an easy place to get around. And it just it's hard for me to just tell where he was yeah. a lot of the times. Yeah. It's just like, oh, we're at his buddy's fancy house where... Mm-hmm. We're at my house where my parents are out of town because mm-hmm. you know this what the sister's bedroom looks like. You know what kind of his bedroom looks mm-hmm. like, but then he's also staying at this other. It's weird. Yeah, I was just like overall thrown for a loop. Yeah, yeah. Damn boy. So piggybacking off of that gem, a gem I had was the production design in this because they did have some really weird homes and locations that were kind of confusing, and and the only room that really felt like was succinct. 
and its own thing was Catherine's room. Everything else was kind of a hot mess. Right. Um, she had even like in the, the pool, deep blue walls. Like, yeah, those yeah. blue walls. It was all very Catherine. Everything else was just kind of weird browns and creams and reds and stuff. The Even in the, the pool at the aunt's house, uh, when they go for a swim, there's a sailboat in it. There's a random old antique wheelchair in the pool room. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and also a really awesome speaker system <laughs> yeah. that ha- he has queued up uh, to play like some old opera music, but then also to switch Love over fool. to um, <laughs> Love Fool. With the production design, uh, Catherine and Sebastian's home, mm-hmm. like home base, uh, where they're... Their Manhattan guess, home. Their Manhattan home, that's what we can call it, had so many random... It was just this huge open space with so many random chairs. Yeah. There's a piano. They have like kind of like their like little like love seat, like kind of nap day bed sort the of... The chaise lounge. Yeah, the chaise lounge, but then they had a couple chairs over here, some chairs <laughs> over there... It kind of reminds me when you're walking into, like, I don't know, some kind of showroom yeah. or some kind of antique place where it's just, like, stuff's on display. It right. Just, it never read to me, like, someone lives here. Yeah. It's, like, more like someone sits here. Mm-hmm. And also, the <laughs> we talked about earlier, just the blocking throughout it of Catherine. If, if there's anything rewatchable about it, I felt like the best thing was... They would just have this conversation where, like, Catherine would get up and walk over here. Sebastian would go walk over there. And it's just... I just I don't understand like am I a house or <laughs> like this weird kind of furniture store? I don't know where I am. Damn uh, boy. And, and another gem I have is the movie and the book that's based off of it was French. So mm-hmm. Dangerous Liaisons was like you know it, it starred adults mm-hmm. and uh, took place in France. So it was kind of like, like aristocracy too, like high level, right? Ex- royals. Yeah, exactly. So you know. That story is very similar to this one, but at the same time, it was done with adults in France, whereas mm-hmm. this one is showing us Manhattan well, teenagers. Man- Manhattan <laughs> teenagers, even though they're in their twenties, but they're playing like high school age, but talking very sophisticated mm-hmm. and just kind of not looking the part of someone that's like growing up in high school at yeah. all. So it kind of felt like it was just the it was the weird kind of kid version, but mm-hmm. they didn't like change the setting. It was like right. yeah. Well, I had this as a as a gem myself. Um, is kind of their fancy talk. They utilize yes. a lot of big words. They say things like "my greatest victory," "my greatest conquest." This actually birthed um, that whole genre of teen dramas that we have on on television in the early two thousands, late two thousands, and even today. There's some. They're switching more into a horror genre, but the like mid two thousands, they had a lot of these high-end, wealthy teens speaking in these exaggerated dialects and sentences and just all about these wealthy teenagers. Gossip Girl is is the biggest one that comes to mind. Um, One Tree Hill, they weren't wealthy, but they all talked like adults and had grown-up problems. So this movie kind of like birthed all of that, and it took it because basically the director wanted to remake Dangerous Liaisons as teenagers. Yeah, overall, it was just teenagers carrying out like a, a fancy French movie. And yeah. it was a little jarring for me, but I think it also kind of works too. Yeah. It's just there's sometimes you get confused of just what world am I in mm-hmm. right now? What they do is so important. Th- this life that I have, <laughs> like, it's just so rough on me. Like, no, you don't understand. I am a different class of human being. <laughs> I would understand. like to see Catherine go to a public school. I think that would be a really good spinoff. Or just see them doing anything, like go to the mall together. Like, you know what I mean? Um, therapy mall? Yeah, the therapy mall. Go get an orange Julius and go to see a therapist at the mall. Damn boy. 
down, boy. Another gem I have is Catherine's wardrobe, specifically her necklace. Only Catherine would have a rosary with a secret compartment for cocaine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think overall, like, everyone's wardrobe is sometimes a little too obvious. But obviously, Sebastian dressed really fancy. Mm-hmm. Some of the people that he'd meet, like, would have, like, the sweater wrapped around their Yes, uh, Annette, a lot like of sweater around the neck. High class kind of people. And Annette was always in light colors. Annette was always in light colors, but also very innocent colors. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's wearing like, she's pigtails with like a Lilac. sweater. Um, she's not wearing a Coke necklace and no. wearing a corset. And, you know, Selma Blair, the first time we see her, she's wearing like a Koala t-shirt. <laughs> so, or like a red hoodie and sweatpants. Yeah. So I think it worked, mm-hmm. but sometimes it was a little too obvious for me. My yep. favorite outfit is... If I got to talk about my favorite outfit, it's Sebastian's kind of contemplative uh, strolling around town thinking of the dilemma he's in Mm -hmm. because he's wearing this black trench coat with like a black T-shirt and black jeans. I couldn't help but think of the Nicolas Cage movie, uh, City of Angels, (laughs) because he looked exactly like. uh, And I don't want to see. Yeah. So he looked exactly like one of those characters of just he's just. Everyone else is, like, in Central Park, and he's right. just, like, moping around with his, like, fucking journal in his hand. Just like, well, whoa. And then he's wearing that, and then Annette comes running after him wearing white jeans and a white shirt. Yeah. Where it's... I get it. It's just a little obvious <laughs> a little in obvious, her face. Guys. And also just... Did you see City of Angels? It came yeah. out a few years before you. Damn boy. I got one more gem. Okay. May Lee. Uh, May Lee is Catherine's maid, servant. Um, May Lee knows what's up. You see May Lee in the background sometimes with a little smirk. Um, you see May Lee's giving uh, Catherine a pedicure when she's calling Sebastian going to fuck her yet. May Lee knows what's going on in this house. May Lee in the background, like, catch her. Catch her when you can because she's a gem. Um, yeah, I was going to bring her up as well. Uh, it's basically like her Asian servant. Yeah. Or like Vietnamese. her. Vietnamese. Yeah. Um, so she's, but we only really get two scenes with her. Yeah. We get uh, the first time that she comes to, I guess, hang out with. Uh, Cecile, mm-hmm. she blames her. Uh, she knocks something over to break the tension between <laughs> Cecile and Ronald and goes, May Lee. May Lee. She like, probably broke something. Right. So she's basically what we know is she's got a girl to blame stuff on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> May Lee's also pedicures. there when she is in, um, trying to impress uh, Christine Baranski. At the beginning, she says um, thank you to May Lee in Vietnamese. Oh, that's right. So we do get a couple May Lee scenes. Yeah, she just has, uh, but Sebastian doesn't have a servant. No. And I just don't. It's just. Uh, I want the May Lee story. I want the May Lee backstory of like. <laughs> like these work, fucking kids. I work for this. May Lee's 33 years old, like this fucking 16 year old bitch. God. Yeah, the <laughs> stuff that she's been exposed to. She's like, these fucking parents, they're never home. And these step siblings just want to bang each other. <laughs> but so I, gross. I'm very pro Catherine. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then I thought, like, did she get fired? Because she kind of just disappears from the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. She did a terrible pedicure. Yeah. And that was the last we saw of May Lee. Uh, but that also means like, you know, because I don't think Catherine's going to get any more privileges. So May Lee is available for work, guys. If you're yeah. looking for, she does pedicures and she and will she take takes the, the blame. She'll take the blame. <laughs> Damn boy. All right. The soundtrack's amazing yeah. in this movie. Uh, you don't really think about this when you think of like, what's your favorite soundtrack in a movie? But they got everything that kind of represent the 90s, really. They yeah. got Blur, we have the Counting Crow song. There's at the ending the Bittersweet Symphony. A bunch of iconic tracks that just kind of summed up that era that we're mm-hmm. in. And I think they all play pretty well throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good score, I think, as well. Yeah. But the score is not really the highlight, it's the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. 
throughout that movie. Couldn't that, have a solid 90s movie without a solid 90s soundtrack. And honestly, watching it today in 2000, you know, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary mm-hmm. of it. Kind of gets you a little, like, reminiscing of the oh, yeah. old days. Of just no, I'm like, gonna oh, man, to this, this song. To work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it kind of makes you feel good watching this. Like, oh, oh yeah. those were the times. Damn, boy. My last gem, we've already talked about it, but just I want to just one more time just mention to it, uh, Sebastian's journal. Mm-hmm. He carries, um, this is the first movie for me where I've seen a male character carry so much about his diary. <laughs> and we we already talked about just the horrible stuff that's probably in this diary. So it's kind of like, one, why would you document these horrible things you did? Conquest. Uh, but I mean, because we're just assuming it's all his like conquests and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's also just so detailed. Like he has like a school photo of, you know, Catherine yeah. pasted it in and then pictures. he draws like the picture of it her necklace. It was Coke the first necklace. burn book. Remember the burn book from Mean Girls? <laughs> this was this was Sebastian's burn book. I just thought the diary was great because I thought that was going to be the true love story after a while because he <laughs> sleeps with it. He like lays down and takes it on walks. It's like sits next to him in the car. I mean, I feel like there's a deleted scene where he actually has sex with his journal. Also, why is, like, Catherine so obsessed with it since he tells her everything anyway? Oh, yeah, I fucked another girl. Oh, really? Yeah, like, she says... Then the, what do you care? She says at the beginning, like, another entry in your journal. Mm-hmm. Can you be more queer? And he's like, can you be more <laughs> desperate to read it? Yeah, I don't want to like, call this a gem, but there's a lot of, like, anti-LGBT phrases. <laughs> and I think it's the sign of the times. I think there's also a lot of just anti-everything. But, yeah, yeah definitely, uh, if this was made today, the language would be a little different. A lot less. So. Damn boy. All right. Well, those are all our gems. Yeah. Um, we want to do some trivia right now, I and got then we'll kind of wrap up this movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So why don't you hit me? Why don't we do some trivia? How do you like that trivia? Columbia Pictures wanted Katie Holmes to play Annette, uh, but the director didn't think she had enough strength of character for the role. Ryan Felipe was already signed on to do this movie, uh, and Cumble asked him about his girlfriend Reese. The director and Ryan Felipe took Reese Witherspoon out to dinner and essentially begged her to play Annette. Yeah, and I think uh, this movie works. I mean, I can't really imagine it without Reese Witherspoon playing this role. I think, you know, Katie Holmes would have been maybe a little too popular. Maybe would have sold more tickets. But I think the thing that worked about Annette where Reese Witherspoon, I mean, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. But wasn't as like A-list as she is today. Yeah. So I think she works in this movie because she's kind of like innocent mm-hmm. a little bit like lesser known and that, I think I thought that worked for the character yeah plus the chemistry between Ryan and Reese <laughs> yes. and, and, and not just their sex scene but just overall I think that's just what sells it a lot because mm-hmm. you can see these two people could actually be in a relationship right do you know what the original title for this movie was dangerous liaisons nope <laughs> it was cruel inventions no, it wasn't. It was, and then they thought it sounded too much like a science fair project, so they changed it, it does. to Cruel Intentions. Well, yeah, because Cruel Inventions does sound like a... Whatever. No, this has to be called Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Or it could be called Moderate Liaisons. <laughs> During the pivotal scene, when Reese Witherspoon's Annette is screaming and breaking up with her beau, Sebastian, played by Ryan Felipe, her real-life boyfriend... Ryan Felipe was so taken by Reese's outbursts and screaming that when the director yelled cut, he ran behind the set and threw up. Yeah, I actually read about that as well. Um, It was just really intense for them because of just like 
it was just really intense for them, like the level that they're at in their mm-hmm. relationship. And the, and how much she was just giving her all into this moment. Yeah. It just took him aback. Once again, like that's why I think casting both of them really worked. Because yeah. the chemistry just felt very real. Absolutely. Like, it was kind of like one of the better parts of this movie was their scenes. Yeah. And my final bit of trivia, Swoozy Kurtz, who plays the therapist at the beginning of this movie, was in the Dangerous Liaisons 1988 film as well. So that's why they made such a big deal about her at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because they kind of, um, what did they say? They didn't say like and or featuring. It's like, it was something like with with or also Swoozie. with also with Swoozie Kurtz. And I never knew her by that name, so I'm like, who's Swoozie? Yeah. This was she was actually in a really high level of her career at this point. She was also in Liar Liar. She was in Liar Liar. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, alright. Nineties right. were did did well for Swoozie Kurtz. Swoozie. What a name. <laughs> I have some trivia for you. Ooh. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is in this movie. She is. Uh, she also plays uh, the girlfriend of Ryan Felipe, and I know what she did last summer. She does, and they slam down the article that Annette is in uh, in the Seventeen magazine, uh, and it is an actual cover of an actual Seventeen magazine featuring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes, who was also in that movie. So kind of crazy. Whoa! Hook shadowing. <laughs> um, I know what you did last. Cruel Intentions. Mm-hmm. Is that it for your trivia? That's all for my trivia. All right. So I have a little fun thing I want to do that I'm going to kind of spring on you. I kind of want to just know, like, what's the um, the iconic moment of this okay. movie? Because I feel like there's a lot of moments. So I kind of brought up about – I got, like, five nominations okay. for what are – like, you think, like, the hands down, this is the iconic part of this movie. Okay. So the first one, and just kind of going in chronological order, the best I can, The Bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the lead in the trailer. It's the whole, like, you know, establishing, like – Hey, it's your Jaguar. You get to have sex with me. Of course, it ends with the part where, because you can put it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what ties them over. Like, ooh, anywhere. <laughs> so I felt like that's like a very iconic okay. moment. Uh, we also have the Sarah Michelle Gellar, Selma Blair makeout scene mm-hmm. with uh, Blur, Coffee, and TV mm-hmm. playing. Really good soundtrack throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, another iconic moment would be Colorblind. Yeah. Um, the whole kind of music video of him just trying to chase her down. Being at the top of the escalator. Being at the top of the escalator, everything like that. Um, all, all of those kind of moments mm-hmm. even lead into the, the sweaty sex and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another part uh, out of order uh, is just uh, the old folks home scene mm-hmm. because I know that you're not going to pick it, but yeah. for me it's just iconic enough of what's <laughs> going on here at this old folks scene. Mm-hmm. And then um, – his first meeting with uh, uh, Cecile. Yeah. With uh, the kind of... The, the old, alphabet. The alphabet and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, what, the first what it, rape. The, the very first rape. <laughs> uh, it's pretty rapey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess she consented in the end, but come on now. Yeah. What, what, what would, for you, be the most iconic part of this movie? The Sarah Michelle uh, Selma Blair kiss is iconic. Everybody, people that haven't seen the movie know it and go, oh, it's from that movie? Cool. And I'd argue if you go on YouTube, that's probably like the most like watched scene as far as clips go. Back in the day when they would say like what part of the VHS is kind of jacked up from people watching it over and over again, that was the scene. Yeah, and I think like the the runners up honestly is the bet. The bet. And then Mm -hmm. um, 
the, the colorblind. Colorblind. Because mm-hmm. I think like those are the three. If you could sum this movie up in a nutshell, it'd be, well, there's a bet. Uh, two girls two, kiss. Two girls kiss, <laughs> and then Ryan Felipe gets really dramatic and uh, has sex with his has, future wife. <laughs> my future wife. My future wife. So I, I think I agree with you. I think that for me, it's the bet is a little bit more. Yeah. No other movie around that time just had such a kind of a clear. This movie's kind of part like sexy, mm-hmm. part like teen drama, part kind of not really. It's not a thriller or anything yeah. like that. But you know what I mean. It's just kind of a lot of like kind of a parts and emotion. Like it can be a really good date movie. Yeah. But it's almost like it's just kind of got that sex and seductiveness of it as mm-hmm. well. So it's just, I think a movie like starting off with like having that kind of bet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of like new for that of like, ooh, these teenagers this is kind of dangerous. There's stakes and stuff in this. It's just a lot darker than any of the other. All the other bets are bets. All the other bets are just like you got make a prom queen. Yeah, you got to make her the prom queen <laughs> or uh, the bet like I'm gonna pay you some money to take her out so I can take this girl out to prom. Yeah, you know, exactly. like ten things I hate about you. Exactly. Whereas this one was just like I get your car mm-hmm. or you get to put it in my butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like whoa, this movie's got a. <laughs> This went up a couple levels. Yeah, wow. All a right. Coming of age story. <laughs> the feel good movie yeah. of the year. You can put it anywhere. We got to kind of rate this movie. Mm-hmm. So, kind of your like last thoughts, last impressions of the movie, and then what would you give this? Let's give it um uh, out of five journal entries. Oh, how many? How okay. many journal entries are you gonna give it? So this movie um was very important to me growing up. I was. At the same exact age that the characters were, which is kind of rare for teen movies because there were so many in the 90s. It was usually like, ah, they're all older than me or, oh, no, they're just going into school. They're all younger than me. This was I finally had reached the age that the characters were in a movie that was premiering. And it was so iconic and different and sexy. I think it molded a lot of who I was becoming at that time. So it was pretty awesome. However, watching it as an adult, realizing that there was a lot of really sketchy messages that were going out to the teenagers of the time to say the least yeah um so i'm a little rapey yeah a little rapey so i'm gonna give this four journal entries and two cocaine necklaces okay because i'm gonna i'm gonna take a journal entry off for the 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 rapiness but i'm gonna throw the coke necklaces into it just for the appreciation for the ridiculousness of it yeah, I'm I'm pretty much there with you. I think it's very rewatchable mm-hmm. and I think it's a movie that's for guys and girls. Yeah. And I think that's really important to come out of that era. I think at that time out of that era that was really rare. I mean not really rare, but to have a movie that is good for, you know, a date movie, for girls to watch it, for guys to watch it. It kinda had a little bit of everything. It's not kind of like she's all that would be something like a dude would watch on a date, but not necessarily watch mm-hmm. with his guys. Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of holds up and it's rewatchable. And it's interesting enough of a story that it's something a little different. Of course, mm-hmm. it's an adaptation from a book and well, not an adaptation, but a inspiration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of, it's inspired by a classic. Exactly. So it's like a story that we've seen mm-hmm. and read before, uh, but in modern times. Mm-hmm. Which the 90s did really well. They took a lot of those classics and tried to tell them in their own way, a lot of Shakespeare's, so we would understand and pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Like 10 Things I Hate About You is also based on Shakespeare. Romeo and Juliet. Oh. 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 Uh, Exactly. So I think Cruel Intentions, 
it's held up pretty well. There's some parts about it uh, that haven't aged mm-hmm. exactly well. You mentioned that right, Felipe, Sebastian's a little rapey. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also kind of some, a lot of gay slur in their mm-hmm. language throughout it. So what's your rating? I'm going to rate, I'm going to give this uh, three and a half journal entries okay. out of five journal entries uh, just because I think it's still very rewatchable and it's still very mm-hmm. entertaining. And, I, you know, I'll watch this again. But at the same time, I have to now look at it with the scope of there's some stuff that doesn't make sense, like yeah. editing wise, logistically. Um, there's some stuff that hasn't aged well. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of this is kind of a chick flick kind of feeling. But then it I don't know. There's some of it that's got that kind of corniness that you'd find mm-hmm. in kind of like those rom coms. But it's not a rom com. So overall, I think it's a good movie. Three and a half journal entries. Okay. Um, one Counting Crows play, mm-hmm. and then one Kiss Down Under. Okay. I think we're pretty much kind of at the same yeah. level with this movie. It's yeah. good, not I amazing. I recommend it. Watch it on Amazon Prime if you've got it. So, of course, this is um, a 90s teen teen movie with relationships and all that stuff. So It's a love story. It's a love story, a very weird one, but <laughs> it, it is a love story. Mm-hmm. A little, lot of forms of love mm-hmm. in this movie. So we thought it would be interesting to, for our top five, to dig into our top five teen movie couples. Yeah. Um, I don't know if my five is going to be like your five because I had to really think about this and I feel like you had like 20 to choose from. I so. had to just narrow it down. And I had, I struggled to find five. Wow. So, yeah. So this is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and do our top five picks. Well, it's not the bottom, it's the... Fill up the well, of all time. All right, so I'm going to start. Ooh. My number five pick for a teen movie relationship is Tim Burton's Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Uh, Winona Ryder is a high schooler, just moves to town, mm-hmm. and for all we know, Johnny Depp is not really got an he's age. He's not a human. He's not really human, but he's like teenage yeah. Johnny Depp, so... yeah. It's a weird romance. Yeah, it's definitely a mismatched he has couple. Scissor hands. He does. But he's also really good at um, landscaping and haircuts. And haircuts. So <laughs> and ice sculpting. I gotta watch that movie again. Yeah, it's been a while. It's a Christmas movie. Is it a Christmas movie, eh. or does it take place during Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. Christmassy. Did that vibe. make your top five? It did not. Okay. Um, my number five is Zach Siler and Lainey Boggs. Um, from She's All That. That's the classic Pygmalion story of uh, he's the popular guy and she is the loser girl and he makes a bet to turn her into the prom queen. Yeah. And this was also what Not Another Teen Movie basically made fun of the whole time. Yeah. So this was their main movie that they were parodying. This is kind of. I never saw this movie. Oh, God. I can't wait to do this with you. No. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It, it uh, um, anyways, no, I haven't seen it, but it's kind of the classic, you know, it's like a model for most mm-hmm. of these movies now, the, these bet teen movies. Yeah. Uh, the transformation, and then he's going to find out that she's really just beautiful who she is. Mm-hmm. It was just a she bet. She was always beautiful. All right. So that was your number five, <laughs> that was though. number five. Okay. What's your number four? My number four is Katniss Everdeen and Pita Malark from The Hunger Games. Okay, why? Um, well, they're teenage aged. Yeah. So it's an unrequited love that turns into, you know, kind of faking it on a TV show, essentially. Right, right. Uh, to then it kind of gets sort of real. Um, and they, they use this, like, 
he's been attracted to her from the beginning. You know, so you just kind of put this into a high school world and it's just like any other movie where this guy has been attracted to her all along and she just never noticed. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you think I'm a bad person because I've really just disliked the Hunger Game movies? No, no. I was not a huge fan of them until I started thinking about them as this is what reality TV is going to come to. So we should probably watch. Yeah. And learn. I just... I watched the first two and kind of just faded off after that. I haven't that. seen any more after that. Um, I hate their relationship, but <laughs> I, I see where you're going with it. It's just the problem was is that the character PETA in general just was so annoying to yes. me. There's just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to sum it up. There's going to be people listening that just like, I love the Hunger Games. But <laughs> for me, it was over in the first one when PETA... As a survival technique, uh, painted his face like mud. Yeah. It just laid in the mud it's for a while. He's a cake decorator. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sold. No. I like Pe- I like Peter and the disaster artist though. Oh. It was good. Playing Denny. <laughs> All right, here's my number four. I picked Baby and Johnny from Dirty Dancing. Oh. Yeah. Nice. I did they didn't make my list, but they were an honorable mention for um, me. Um I love Dirty Dancing, uh, for what it's worth. I think there's some aspects of Dirty Dancing that kind of didn't age the best but well also i mean we've been it, talking about the rapiness of a lot of things and i think johnny's like 52 uh well no no, no. i mean but the johnny thing he's supposed to be younger like yeah. that was not it but it's just a very classic film um swayze he has to make my list in some way shape or form and i think the relationship is great yeah it's and a coming of age story coming of age story <laughs> and I really highly suggest if you like Dirty Dancing, watch uh, the spoof, the David Lynch cut, where they cut it like a David Lynch movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm giving some love to Dirty Dancing. Nice. Uh, do you want to know my number three? I would well, love to know your number three. My number three, I don't know their character names, but uh, Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles in 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay. Um, I believe her name was Kat. Is Kat. And, and his and... was Patrick. Patrick Verona. Okay, cool. So Kat and Pat. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> they make my number three on the list. Of course, this movie came out the same month and year as yeah. uh, I Cruel went Intentions, to see that so that twice, means that's celebrating its 20-year anniversary mm-hmm. as well. Yep. I like their relationship because that's, once again, another um, – it's not a bet movie, It's but it's more like he's getting paid to take her yeah. out. It's a deal. It's a deal, and he kind of finds out through him kind of pursuing her and realizing, oh, actually, like we have a lot in common, and mm-hmm. actually we're kind of perfect for each other. And I just like the discovery over it where he actually doesn't care and he actually uses that money to help her out. Yeah. Well, he just buys her a nice guitar. He's like, yeah, yeah some jerk paid me a lot of money to take <laughs> And got it, her favorite band to girl. play the prom. Rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Respect. So, respect. My number three uh, is Dion and Murray from Clueless. Uh, they were kind of that couple that you wanted to be because they acted like an old married couple and they bickered and they fought, but they still loved each other when nobody was looking. Uh, and it was just kind of that when you're in high school, you want that long-term relationship because it makes you feel like a grown-up. Yeah. No. And uh, I've seen this Clueless movie that the kids mm-hmm. are talking about. <laughs> um, it's a guy from Scrubs, right? Yes. Yes. Um, Who previously was the guy from Clueless before he became the guy from Scrubs. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just... <laughs> Donald Faison. Donald. Dangerous Donald Faisons. <laughs> yeah. I like I like I like that couple. Yeah, good. Stacy Dash is crazy now, though. Needs to be said. My number two. Um, this is cheating because they're not teenagers, and you're gonna roll your eyes. 
but I picked Veda and Thomas J from My Girl. Oh, they're not teenagers, so you broke the rules. Nah, but, but you know what? <laughs> I think I win by that reaction. It was they're just not a couple. Oh, they are they're clearly a young. couple. They're too young. We don't need to define couples. They mm-hmm. had a friendship, and you know they shared that kiss. And I, I mean, it was as innocent as pure as possible. It was a coming of age movie as well. Of course, uh, spoiler: Thomas J does pass away. Oh my god! Um, but the, the true, this? the true, genuine like support that they had for each other, and like kind of like the love, even though it wasn't a romantic relationship, but like you could tell, like they were just very close. And... Can't see without his glasses. Also, Danny Aykroyd. I don't even know where we are. Number two. My number two. Yeah. My number two is uh, Danny Zuko and Sandra D from Greece. It's a classic. Yeah, I mean, very, it's classic. Very I could have put them on the list too. Very iconic, very toxic, yeah. changing themselves for each other. Then it was like, oh, Sandy, you're going to change for me? Cool. I'm going to go back to being a dickhead now. Like, it, <laughs> it's it's the worst, but it's very iconic. So Danny and Sandy are yeah. my number two. They're, they're a classic high school mm-hmm. teenage couple in a movie. I mean, it probably could be, be on any single list. Didn't make my list, but mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you believe in the theory that... Um, Sandy actually died. Oh yeah, she drowned on the beach. That she actually drowned on the beach, and this was a whole like fantasy. Yeah, part of, of me wants to. <laughs> they do drive their car up into like heaven. They do. So they do. If, but if she's dead, how is she like? How are we seeing what Frenchie's doing? How are we seeing things that she's not involved in? Well, so because that's her fantasy of sure. what this girl Frenchie that she met is doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my number one. I picked Jack and Rose from Titanic. Don't give me that look. I guess they're teenagers. They are. They're you in guess their teens. they are teenagers. All right. Okay. And they just fell in love in those three days. <laughs> all right. You took some liberties with this list, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jack and no, Rose. I do. That's, That's the a best beautiful teenage, love story. When anyone talks about a teenage romance, they talk about Titanic. Mm. Doy. <laughs> No, I love that part where he waited by her locker and then froze to death. <laughs> Spoiler. No, that's a, it's it's a beautiful story um, that withstands the test of time. It's a classic it high is. school movie, Titanic. It is. it is. They were from different parts of the world. She was one of the popular yeah, they were cheerleaders. Yeah, definitely teenagers. So I took he some liberties here. He was a stoner. Here. Yeah. He was a stoner. Yeah. I don't think he was a stoner. <laughs> Just because he rolled his own cigarettes and knew how to mm-hmm. spit doesn't mean he's a stoner. Oh, yeah. You want a fun fact, though? Yeah. Um, he actually didn't freeze to death. He got stung by bees. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> my um, number one. <laughs> what's really quick about my number one, though, what made me think about it is I realized Titanic, because James Cameron, although really awesome filmmaker, mm-hmm. he's made some very important movies of mm-hmm. our eras. Titanic is kind of just like a rehash of Dirty Dancing in certain <laughs> levels. So, I mean, not really, but if you think about some parts of it, it's just like it's a rich girl kind of goes to a club, yeah, and then wants to actually hang out with like the dirty poor kids that just like to dance all night and drink, then <laughs> learns how to dance, and then wants to join their side, but they're like, no, you have to be on the rich side. She's like, no, that's where I got to Titanic. Story. Did you pick Titanic as your number one? I didn't. Oh, um, jerk. Number one for me is the most destructive couple ever. Um, they're they're awful. No one survives in their wake, essentially. Uh, but it's Veronica and JD from Heather's. And you'll learn about them oh, the, when the, we do that later this month. That's a really good uh, pick. 
Yeah. I, I need to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably the most toxic, most destructive of all of the teen romances. Um, I don't want to get into it too much because we're going to review this because it's coming up on its 30th anniversary. 30 years. Yeah. It's been since that movie came out. I, I think that's a that really movie. that's a really good pick for number one. Um, fun fact, though, how it ends, though, when Christian Slater freezes to death, <laughs> holding her hands, saying, never let never go. Never let go. Yeah. I had an honorable mention. Meeting you in the heavens was the best thing I ever did. Um, I do have an honorable mention, though. Is it Titanic? Um, it's not Titanic, Ugh. but it's similar. It's um, Romeo and Juliet, but specifically the Claire Danes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Um, There's just so many inclinations of it. I couldn't really yeah. put it on the list. And also, like, it's such a famous story, even though a lot of these are based on books. Like, She's All That is based on a book. Ten Things I Hate About You is based on a book. It, that story is so it rings true. The only thing different that they did in the Baz Luhrmann one with uh, Leo and Claire was modernized where they were, but well, the language was still the same. I'm surprised you didn't pick movies like The Notebook. Yeah, uh, Walk to Walk to Remember. I thought about putting those on there. Um, <laughs> walk I to Remember is your favorite movie. I personally am not a huge fan of all of those. I they do have a value on this list, and we can mention them as honorable yeah. mentions. But The Notebook is just yet another Titanic version. So Titanic did it stronger. So yes, Titanic was your number one because the story is much stronger. You also didn't pick uh, Aaron Samuels and uh, the Mean Girls. <laughs> I, I actually thought about picking Aaron Samuels and Regina George. Yeah, um, yeah. Because well, isn't it more like Aaron Samuels and, and Lindsay Katie, Lohan's? Katie, Katie? Heron. Yeah. Kind of more the they're just not really, they're not the couple, you know? You know, gotcha. like Aaron's a pawn in the game. Aaron's a part of this game. He's not, it's, that's not the relationship of the, of the movie. An honorable mention for me as well would be Donnie Darko. Um, Jake oh. Gyllenhaal, Donnie Darko, and uh, Jenna Malone's yeah. character. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good one. Jenna Malone was in a lot of those movies. There's also another one that was kind of interesting film, uh, United States of Leland. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of in a relationship, yeah. but that movie saved. Kind of she was a, the lead and saved, and she was kind of dating with, uh, Patrick Fugate. Yeah, exactly. So, Many more and Macaulay Culkin. Yep, yep. Uh, makes me think of my girl. <laughs> I don't want to. I got bees stabbing me. <laughs> And then I'm dying, yeah. Well, this was fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's go over really quick. My top five were Edward Scissorhands, Dirty Dancing, Ten Things I Hate About You, My Girl, Titanic. And my top five were She's All That, The Hunger Games, Clueless, Grease, and Heathers. With an honorable mention of Romeo and Juliet for kicks. Yeah. We had a few other ones. If you guys have any honorable mentions out there, uh, throw in the comments on this and let us know. Yeah. Let us know um, what if, your rating if, is what for you this think. movie. Let us know what your rating is for your top five greatest teen movie couples. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, this was Cruel Intentions, the 20th year anniversary, 20 years ago. This came out, and now we are reviewing it. Today. Mom, I did see this movie. Yes. In theaters. Busted. Sorry. Busted. All right, thank you for listening so much. Until next time. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film in You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. Floating pictures, it's so great. Movies. So join us, everybody, for the